Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gehen jetzt in den Wasser los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome to NVC, Nintendo Voice Chat, our weekly show on all things Nintendo. Remember, if you like this show, you can always find us on YouTube at Nintendo Voice Chat, on IGN's show page, and of course on your favorite podcast service. We've got a really packed show today, lots of topics to talk about. We have The Legend of Zelda Master Trials and our, our trials and tribulations from that game. We've got Splatoon <laughs> 2 new details and a lot of games that we're playing. We're going to start with this panel today. 
To my left, I've got a young George Lucas, Zach Ryan. <laughs> Here I am. One of, one of our viewers pointed that out, which is very astute. We've got Brian Altano. Thanks. I'm, I'm glad I don't get called a young director. <laughs> I'll come up with something. Come up with something, guys. <laughs> and we've got Jonathan Dornbush. Charmed, I'm sure. Yeah, director of the Avengers, of course. Charmathan. Um, really good to Charmathan. have you on. Uh, like last last week, I want to you know I want to mix things up, switch halfway through. No offense, you know we're going to bring in Casey for another topic, but to jump right in this show. It's been a packed week for yeah, 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 it really has. Hot off the presses. We're actually recording later than we usually do, luckily, because Nintendo, Nintendo of Europe um, put out some footage of the, ballots, of the, the ballot of the champions, the champions yeah. ballot, right? Yep. The new Zelda DLC that's coming later this fall. Would you yeah. guys see anything cool in it? Yeah, so um, Anuma went on record to say that, uh, first of all, we will be playing as Link, yep. which is interesting because I think, given the name The Ballad of Champions, we all kind of assumed that we would be playing as one or several of the champions right um but that's cool i like playing as link i've been doing it for like 30 years so i'm, I'm into that yeah um, and also more importantly than that we did get confirmation that my favorite yes. garb the lobster shirt from Wind Waker <laughs> will be making an appearance. Yeah, I'm excited. As yeah, it was. Yeah. I remember when I first saw that shirt. I was like, "No, that's all wrong. He's got to wear green, right?" Uh-huh. Like, but then you get so used to that outfit, and the lobster is just the you know kind of like the symbol of that ocean-born Wind Waker game. Yeah. The only problem with a lot of these items, and we'll talk about Zelda a little later, but it's like they're now really underpowered, right? Mm-hmm. When you get them this late yes. in the game with yeah. DLC, yeah, their they're, they're armor rating is at like three or four usually. Yeah, I, th- I don't. I don't think the lobster shirt is going to protect us. No, no I don't yeah. think so. Either. I mean, the Switch shirt didn't, but you know, Andrew Goldfarb. Yeah, it didn't stop here, Andrew Goldfarb played the entire the game whole with it. Game with the it, lobster yeah. shirt's really awesome because it's like it's first of all, it shows how charming that game is right off the bat. It's also like that's the kind of clothes you buy when you're a kid, and it's the first chance you have to pick out your own clothes. Yeah, like you're like, I want a shirt with a lobster, and you don't have any reasoning for it. But I think the other really cool detail from this is that it takes place after spoilers. Ganon has been defeated. Um, what? Which means that you might have to finally beat the game to play this DLC th- yeah. this fall, which I know many of you have been actually holding out on doing because it's sort of the not, you know, it's it's kind of the it, it signifies that the game is over. And I, I held off for like 110 hours before I beat that game. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Zach and I are playing through it now on uh, Link Together. Or we're about to fight Ganon. We have one but, episode left. One episode left. Uh, well, but, uh, yeah, I think it's like it's really cool to sort of set that after after the fact. And I, I agree with you about the speculation of the Guardians. I had some hangups about like how, I don't know, the Goron, for example, would be able to walk through certain doors. Oh, you're, like, ta- you're talking about the well, champions. Majority, yeah, majority the champions. Mass yeah, yeah. pulled it off, though, yeah. right? Like, yeah. It's not that far-fetched. Yeah. But then the world isn't really set up for I mean it would be a total game changer if you could play as a Zora and suddenly swim yeah. like or, or, or play as Rivali oh, yeah. fly sure. across the map but, yeah. but oh, God, that'd be awesome it would be hard to pull off but yeah. I'm you know like the short uh, glimpse of footage we saw shows kind of Zelda riding on a horse and kind of leading a party yeah. um, it's on Nintendo Europe's Twitter account mm-hmm. it's part of the uh, the Japan Expo in France right, right. now that's, that's why it's coming out of uh, Europe we've got an article up on the site as well yeah. not a lot given away it's just a brief cutscene I think it's a 17 yeah. second yeah, it's a 17 second clip and it shows two separate scenes yep. and there's no sound underneath it. Yeah. So it's like it's a very very early which is kind of weird for Nintendo I was about to show to say, off like an early glimpse like that. Very but, uncharacteristic yeah. of them. Um I, it sort of implies that we're going to learn a lot more about Zelda. But which is I pretty think cool. you can say that in one of the tweets that like yeah. hey you're yes you're playing as Link but you will learn oh, about awesome. Zelda. To, yeah, that is awesome. the thing that they clearly To me what it showed though and it's in development footage and it does look unfinished which you know there are a lot of people who get angry over DLC and say it should have been included in the game and it's this looks clearly like something they started developing 
developing when they wrapped up principal right. development on the right. core game, right? right? They obviously had some story uh, planned for it, but um, I think you get in true DLC that they're working on now for later release. Yeah. And that argument's yeah. e- easier to push away when you have a game that has as much content as Breath of the Wild does already. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So getting to some of the other news, and first of all, little self-serving news, um, you know, IGN is going to be on TV. That's you right. Yeah. know that. So, you know, any of you guys out there who watch television, linear TV, um, we're going to be on Disney XD <laughs> every week. So, you know, look for that. The debut of the IGN show is on uh, July, July 17th, 17th, very close mm-hmm. in the United States, of course. Uh, and uh, at 9.30 p.m. And it's part of this kind of this uh, DXP block where Disney XD switches to video game content for six hours every night. Uh, mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Our show will be repeated twice when you miss it, and then of course we'll also have uh, we'll have the show on IGN. Maybe not the entire episodes, but we'll have snippets from it. So it should be pretty cool. We heard well, a lot of times yesterday. Uh, DXD is DXP yeah. from nine to three. So GG. so the whole GG. team was shooting in the office, which was hopefully we have some behind the scenes that we can put up on the channel. But it was it was madness in the office. Oh yeah, uh, just trying to work around the crew shooting here. Um, so check that out. Um, could could be really cool. We'll have uh, we'll definitely have some Nintendo stuff in there as well. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, another Nintendo news, a little smaller, uh, games that came out, Kirby's Blowout Blast. Yeah, um, that sure is a Kirby game, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, um, you know, in the, in the uh, second half of this, uh, this show, we'll give uh, our impressions on some of the smaller games that came out. There are a lot of indie titles. They're not big enough for us to review mm-hmm. um, because, honestly, not as many people um, click on that kind of content. But, you know, I think this is a good venue to uh, talk about it. Absolutely. I think we, we all between us played all the yeah. games. Casey. Yeah. Hey, yes. Hello. <laughs> I'm um, Casey. Super NES Rayman prototype. Did you guys yeah, watch yeah. that? Yeah. How, how, like, what a weird world we live in that um, Michelle Ansel can just drop a, a game that was in development onto Dropbox and be like, here you go. If you have an emulator, you can play this right <laughs> now. Yep. It's a Rayman game you've never seen before. Like, do we know how sort of feature complete it is? Does it just it's stop? Very light. It's it, very light. You yeah, basically and like, can run around, you can jump. There are not even full animations necessarily I'm, for everything. I'm always wary of like platforming games that are released in this state because, like, yeah. do the platforms just stop? Does Rayman just walk to the edge of a cliff and he's like, that's it? Well, so it's so just the, one area. Yeah. Okay. It is just one environment. It is basically what it would have been amounted to a tech demo, I assume. It looks right. very. I mean, the the visual style does not look like a more modern kind of Ubisoft no. Rayman game. It has that kind of pseudo three D two D look uh-huh. of like a Capcom like side scroller yeah, yeah, back yeah. in the days. If you guys remember, like Mickey yep. or Aladdin or any yep. of that stuff, yeah. that's what it looks like. And then, of course, Ray- Rayman looks really fat. Yeah, he does, he he does was, look like but a little he, But he yeah. already has the disconnected feet, and he mm-hmm. like he walks really like funny. And um, it's also really slow, and that could be like yeah. that could yeah. be a side effect of just how early it was early. in development. Yeah. But like, I wanted to play it, but I don't emulate the, things. Well, I was, um, but I, was, I also watched a couple of videos on YouTube and was really surprised at like having played so many Rayman games, right. especially like um, Legends. Yeah, Legends back. and Origins. Yeah. Um, it just felt like a slog, like watching whoever play it. It was like wow. I was, I was really slow. into <laughs> Legends and Origins. I believe I. Re- reviewed origins for ign yeah. and i uh went back because a bunch of those games started coming to eShop, like the original ones i believe the game boy color one launched on the 3ds and i downloaded it in like a heartbeat because i was like oh rayman games are awesome and i pulled it up and i was like oh i completely forgot these these were very slow clunky like platform yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like very meticulous o- o- origins and legends took a huge leap yeah uh, 
enjoy them. I adore those games. Yeah, they're they're so much more fluid. Yeah. What's cool when you know when uh, old content, unfinished games like this are released, is the the kind of the hacking community uh, is set loose on it, and mm-hmm. everybody everybody kind of combs through the game sure. code, and you find these awesome relics. If you remember, like the uh, you know the 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 wing, the Star Fox sequence yeah. in Ocarina of Time, right? That's what happens when uh, the hacking community gets a hold of this and looks deeper into the code. So you know there were um, there were stories of the two player mode in the original Rayman uh, right. Super NES game which we've never seen so maybe some of that code is in there and we'll see more yeah, yeah, yeah. super cool yeah. Uh, pretty, if you think about exciting. it it's pretty wild that in the last three weeks uh, <laughs> Michelle Ansel has released two tech demos that are on completely opposite ends of the spectrum that's <laughs> I mean, between between Rayman on Super Nintendo and Beyond Good and Evil on probably PlayStation yeah 5. that's so yeah. interesting let's hope the, the other one comes out yeah. I've, I've <laughs> waited so long yeah. for I Beyond know. Good and Evil no word of a Switch version sadly it, it, it looks, doesn't look like it. It yeah. looks pretty gnarly tech, technology-wise, yeah. so probably okay. we're not going to Which is weird, one, but because you never I, know played, with I played the original Beyond Good and Evil on my GameCube. That was a mm-hmm. game that I really mm-hmm. cherished mm-hmm. on GameCube. Maybe we'll get that one back, like a special edition or something. And then uh, you guys have been following the Hyperkin Smart Boy. Have you yeah, heard about yeah, that? Yeah, the weird contraption that yeah. is. Yeah. So it's not new news that this was in development, but the uh, the dev kit actually came out. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and, and uh, it, it's going to be interesting to watch this whether it can persist, right? Hyperkin is selling this. It's a it's a shell that you attach to your Android phone. It only mm-hmm. works with uh, with KitKat and higher on Android, not with iOS or anything. But it basically adds a cartridge slot to your Android phone. Yeah, it just turns GBA and GBC. It turns your GB and GBC. GBA is it turns your smartphone into a Game Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, the GBA stuff is experimental in what way? Like you can in Android. Yeah, Yeah. they're just you can't actually use the cartridge. You'd have to steal the game basically get the game code. Whereas with the original device, you know, it's uh, you can plug in a GB game or GBC game. You plug it in. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. that's the kids used to use these cartridges. Yes, uh-huh. yeah. okay. back in our days, mm-hmm. yeah. back in the day. And, uh, yeah, usually with these things, all roads sort of lead to piracy, unfortunately. And I think with the GBA angle on this, that's what happens too. If you have an Android phone, which many of you do, because I always hear about them every single time, one of these Super Nintendo classics or NES classics or any of these things go up, people are like, "I already have all those games on my phone. That's fine, but you know, it's not legal. Maybe you're okay with that." Also, probably controls really poorly. Yeah. yeah. Either way, I'll see you in prison. But uh, the, why are you in prison? I'll, I'll be there. I go to say hi to Conjugal pirates visits. every now and then. I'm like, "Do you steal that Rayman game?" I have to cheer them up somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I think some of the cool stuff that comes from it, though, it, it adds a D-pad and buttons to yeah. your Android phone, right? Yeah, yeah. In a, not in the most elegant way, no, but no, like in a substantial way that that I think is sort of lacking from a lot of smartphone yep. stuff. Yeah. Like you yeah. trying to play a platformer on your smartphone using a digital D-pad, and like it sucks. It's yep. never yeah. as good. There's as also the idea that yeah. there's like you know uh, all those retro con- controllers that work Bluetooth, and I've, yep. I've gotten them to work with iOS and Android devices before too, um, and even like Amazon. Kindles and stuff, but the issue with that is that it's always a separate experience. So you have, you know, sort of in the way the switch works, you have your controls on the side. But with these things, it's like, oh, I got to hold my phone and hold the control at the same time. This form factor wise is very smart. Um, It's like this, yeah. Yeah, it's very nostalgic. It's cool. Uh, We'll see if it takes off. I hope that it's. 
Like it's interesting because it does lead a lot of people to go on eBay and buy a lot of their old fa- favorite carts. Yeah. Which, by the way, just a like note of warning on that. Um, most of the batteries in those games are long since dead. They're super mm-hmm. easy to replace. Mm-hmm. You have to get like a little tri-wing screwdriver and pop another one in. But I bought Link's Awakening a couple years ago, yeah. and uh, Save was dead. Yeah, I played through like the first three dungeons and then stopped and turned it back on. It was like, oh, he's back on the beach again. Oops. <laughs> yeah. No, some some yeah. of my Super NES games did that too. And so the the thing just kind of tech spec wise. It's sixty bucks if you buy it through which is surprisingly cheap. Yeah. Don't, well, don't, right now it's don't just buy it through the, it's the dev kit right now. Yeah. Is what's mm. available, so yeah. and you're basically a beta test. Yes. Right? Yeah. Or They're still experimenting yeah. with everything. Yeah. So you're supposed to work with them on the uh, on the OS and everything when you buy this thing. It's going to crash. Yeah. It's not going to work all the time. It, it also works with games on Google Play, so mm-hmm. any game can support the, oh, the cool. D-pad and the button. So it's not just for Game Boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Another- I mean, it's it's a cool little thing. It, it comes out for real in December, and I think in Europe the dev kit comes out. In September, but yeah, December the real non-Dev Kit version comes out. And another cool feature is that if you if you get a phone call and you answer it, you look like a real weird dude. <laughs> so yep. that's fun. Or look like the Nokia Engage. Uh, <laughs> I'm really excited to find somebody that's using this because all of us have iPhones and probably won't get around to testing. Yeah. It. Yeah. I'll get Josh to buy one. Sure, and we can just yeah. see how that goes. There you go. There we go. It's a, yeah. It's it's the San Francisco curse. Everybody. Yeah, has, everybody has an iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. We're too close to Apple. They'll, yeah. they'll find us and kill us. That's right. <laughs> it comes with free kale. You have to buy it. <laughs> Ooh. Crunchy kale. Or, um, so, in other news, uh, we, you know, with the switch being region free, we we sometimes forget that n- not, you know, not everyone in the world gets games at the same time. And I, I was surprised to find out that Europe didn't get Binding of Isaac for the for the switch yet. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. coming out actually in September. Yes. And in a surprise uh, news announcement where, you know, a lot of European Switch fans said, okay, we'll get it, but it'll be bare bones. We're not going to get the cool stuff that was in the U.S. version. And Nicholas actually announced that you will get the retro manual in it and all the stickers and all the cool mm-hmm. stuff. So that's, that's really cool. news yeah, that, for the Euro- European players. That physical package we got one or two in the office where it is the old school sort of original NES manual. Oh, like, I love that. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's really cool. They yeah. did a similar thing with Cave Story, which I really dig. Yeah, and that, also that sort of Metroid style. Like, yeah. Yeah. And speaking of Metroid. Metroid, if you live in Europe and you're worried about not getting the, the good special editions, you have that Metroid one coming, and we don't. Yeah. So I know. Dangle that keychain in front of every American you know. Um, yeah, this is this is really cool. I actually really got into this game on Switch. I thought I wouldn't. Um, it's I think it's a little pricey. It yeah. was like thirty or forty bucks, but um, the physical version is really cool. If you're a collector, it's a good thing to grab. And I say this a lot, but if you do want to buy games from other regions, it's pretty easy to do that through your Switch. Yeah, Just well, set up yeah. an account. Um, through my Nintendo and make another sort of profile on your. Switch. You have a Japanese profile. Right? Yeah, I have a Japanese profile. So and you I'll, have to change it, right? You have to change it in settings to switch over, or do you? Just no. So the all your your all of your games get stored on your library in your big row with everything else. Yeah. So like, I bought that game Kamiko before yeah. it came to America because it was like it launched there two weeks early, and I went to uh, I forget the web. What's the, the what's the like import site? Uh, Play Asia. Play Asia. Yeah, I went to Play Asia and I just bought like a download code for like ten bucks, and I think it was like eleven bucks. And they email you the download code, and uh, you redeem it, and you have the game downloading in seconds from Japan. It's really awesome. Did you just poop out a game case? No, I dropped yeah. my Switch case. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. I saw something been drop eat- behind Brian's chairs. <laughs> That's my new diet. I just eat, eat Nintendo just Switch eat accessories. Nintendo Switch Only accessories. official. None of the third party ones. It's Are working you a out. Good well. witch or a bad witch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Binding of Isaac Plus comes out in uh, September 7th in Europe. So look for that. Um, if anybody's uh, watching this and ears 
perked up for the Metroid Special Edition. Remember that the 3DS is not region-free. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So you're buying a Special Edition, yeah. but you're not going to be able to play that game unless you have a local 3DS as well. Yeah. yeah. And those are selling out incredibly quickly, so keep an eye on those. So one one thing that um, we didn't talk about last week that, that's happened a little bit, set, uh, set some uh, Nintendo fans talking on, on Twitter, was the, the Rainway app. Have you guys heard about that? Yeah. yeah. yeah the streaming app. The streaming yeah. app. The streaming app and, you know, uh, Rainway, um, you know, indie dev team, small team tweeted uh, a lot of tweets like, hey, Witcher 3 running on the Nintendo Switch. And people kind of lost their their S over that. Right. Um, <laughs> do you know how it works? Uh, not exactly the technical specifications right. of everything. Uh, that's a little outside my wheelhouse. But I've seen they've shown Overwatch. They've shown The Witcher. They've shown yep. Batman Arkham Knight. And they've shown it sort of, I believe, running in a browser, essentially. Like they're they're working with... Not jailbreaking necessarily the Switch, but they're using what's available there. That's sort of in the so they can. I mean, Rainway is multi-platform. Yeah. It works on anything. You can you yeah. can run you can stream games to a browser. What we need, what you need, of course, is a the original game yeah. game and a and a PC to right. actually stream it. Okay. So it's, so it's like the way it's like the way that Vita works for PlayStation Four when you're streaming remotely. Yeah. Right. So you can stream from a PC exactly. to your Switch. Yeah. But when the, people, sorry. But the difference with Switch with the Switch version, they actually are they they are working on it natively. So okay. it's yeah. a, it's a native application that you boot up, and so you don't have this kind of having to go through a proxy like a browser or anything. Mm-hmm. So that means you know, oh, that's kind of cool. Less lag, yeah. faster frame rates. You can run it at 1080p. An interesting comment from uh, the Rainway developer was that in in the Switch OS there is a hint at 4K streaming. Yeah, it could it could actually be possible on the device. Obviously, the 720p display can't display it, right. but you know sure. that the the device could pass that through to a television, for sure. example. So I, I have a feeling we're like one update, one or two updates away from the Switch being able to have just a 1080p OS or a 4K OS natively when you plug when it you in, plug it into the dock docked mode. Yeah, yeah. That, that would make yeah. sense because it's in there, right? And that's what everybody who's pulled this thing apart has said. The weird, interesting thing is that people have actually already accessed web browser stuff on Switch yeah. um, by basically tricking it to connect to a certain Wi-Fi network. Like yeah. when you connect you to a hotel. Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. Starbucks, which it brings up a web page. Yeah. And somebody found there was like a, you know, Google does a, a new sort of homepage every day. Um, someone at Google made one that's based around Pac-Man that you could control with your keyboard. Yeah, that's neat. And they got it to run on Switch so you could play Pac-Man on Switch that day. Which, yeah. So there's like weird In a Google stuff. browser. In a Google browser. How yeah. strange. Yeah. yeah, so there's yeah. some weird stuff happening there, but it's really cool. I mean, um, it's it's a fun little project, right? I, we, we don't know if Nintendo would ever approve that. I don't think not. they're too yeah. keen yeah. to having you stream PC games to the Switch and then confusing people online with images of, right. you know, of Halo um, running on a Switch. If you look at the 3DS eShop, a bunch of really weird apps made it onto there yeah. eventually. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's just a matter of them sort of like loosening the grip a little bit. Uh, personally, I'm okay with that, you know, avoiding that deluge of sort of you know, shovelware stuff that ended up on the yep. eShop eventually. Yeah. But um, if they want to do a cool thing like this and just let it out there and see what people can do with it, that's fine. But yeah. I have a feeling um, it it could end up avoiding warranties or you could end up mucking around with see, something. See, that's what yeah. I was going to say. is dangerous. Like, as a native app, it might not they might not run that risk. Right. Um, but yeah, like to, I remember when iPhone came out, there's a whole sensation of like jailbreaking your iPhone. Yeah. You know, like voiding your warranty so you could play like a really crummy version of Final Fantasy VII on your iPhone or something like, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's as a way to circumvent that because people are going to hack the Switch anyway. People yep. are already doing that. You know, people are going to figure out a way to do that kind of stuff. Um, so, I mean, if Nintendo wants to make 
a little bit of leeway for that. I could see them at least allowing a native app to allow streaming. Yeah, so. that'd be really yeah. cool. We'll see. So see. let's get to the big news this week, obviously, mm-hmm. and lots, lots of folks have probably been waiting, and that's uh, Splatoon 2. Yeah. yeah. Right? The, we, uh, the Splatoon 2 Direct hit bright and early in the morning on, on Thursday, and I assume everybody here watched it. Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, so just for reference, you guys were not huge Splatoon 1 players. So you played it, but not like religiously online. Not like you guys did. Yeah. And now, yeah. story time. Yeah. Uh, we got advanced copies of Splatoon. Yep. Uh, we got a bunch of them here in the office. I played through the single-player mode, got a bunch of gear, was very excited to play Splatoon. But sometimes what happens when we get those copies, uh, when the game actually releases, your files just get nuked. Yep. And mm-hmm. so I didn't realize that was going to happen, and it really uh, bummed me out, and I just never got around to I played, like, uh, some competitive matches here and there, but, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I barely played actual online Splatoon yeah. 2. Yeah. I think the or same Splatoon thing happened one. with me. Yeah. I remember that and, specifically. And I mean, I, I run into the same too where, you know, everybody plays a big game like Horizon Zero Dawn at the sure. same time. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, oh, I can't play that right now. I put it off and then it's like eight months later. I'm like, oh God, I got to play this, right? Yeah. And you, yeah. you just fall behind. And like, I, I think you probably enjoyed Splatoon single player. It's, it's very sunshiny, yeah. right? Yeah. But, yeah. I, but it, it, that alone felt like a smaller game. It was all about well, the es- online. Especially going into a competitive game eight months later, you right. feel totally yeah. out of yeah. Oh, it's and matchmaking in that game, let's be honest, was oh, not awesome. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I, I took screenshots of, you know, me starting a beginning character and being matched against expert players with, like, just kind of visibly higher scores yeah. and higher ranks and all of that. And so let's get, get to the news. So that yes. was one of the things they announced would be fixed. So yeah. better matchmaking. So Splatnet 2 is what essentially they're yeah. calling it, which is launching <laughs> in the new Nintendo Switch online mobile app that they've talked yep. about since like the Switch online has been discussed, where it is going to be a separate mobile app where all of your sort of online, your voice chat, your matchmaking yeah. is going to be handled from that app. And launching with the game. So yes, we don't have to wait for this later. Day one with yep. the game. It's not going to be a week later or anything. Yep. There's actually going to be, we'll have to deal with it outside of that, but there will be a time demo, the first Splatfest before the game actually comes out. Which is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Free yeah, download, cool. you can play the entire Splatfest. And that's Splatfist the 15th, online. right? Yes, it works. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, uh, Splatnet 2 basically acts as analytics. Mm-hmm. Yes. It tells yeah. you... Uh, all your weapons loadouts. It tells you what your opponent's weapons loadouts look like. Your um, lifetime inkage. Yeah, that was my right. favorite one. Yeah. It shows you like how much turf, how much territory you've inked, yeah. and then compares that. I think the I think the comparison in the video was like pyramid. Yeah, the pyramid yeah. of Giza. Like yeah. yeah. So I thought that was really neat. Yeah. So the nice thing, like if you guys rewind the clock and go back to when Nintendo first started seriously talking about online games, they were like, well. Customers don't want to play Mario with the same people that they play Pokemon with. And they, you know, I, I got really worried that the op, app might be very compartmentalized, yeah. but it looks like it's actually done in the right way. You mm-hmm. have your universal friends list, and then you have these sections that really play to the strengths of the game. So mm-hmm. when you have this app and you go into the Splatoon stuff and you invite players, it does have the Splatoon look and feel, very Splatoon specific stats. Yes. Yeah. Um, which really, I think, sounds like. Sounds awesome. Yeah. It's a you know? smart middle ground of not having to download a separate app for each game. Yep. Because obviously, this is going to be different from playing on your PSN or your Xbox Live. Like, yeah. you are going to have to use this separate app. Yeah. And that is, that is a hurdle for sure. And, but, and it could mean that depending on the game, you will get different features. Like, unlike yes. with, a, you know, like an Xbox Live or PlayStation Online, um, where the invite system, everything is very similar. Yeah. Um, you, you know, the, and, and one size fits a lot of games, but there may be special games where, uh, you know, with consecutive multiple or something online. You want something different. Right. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like there will not be, there will be variations, I assume, of the lifetime inkage for whatever other games start to use this. Sure. That's really cool. I'm excited 
to see it. Yeah. Also, then, voice chat. Yeah. Voice yeah. chat. <laughs> yeah. So the way it Actual works. Nintendo voice chat. <laughs> so, yeah. again, like the, the news is you still use a phone to sure. voice chat with your friends and you plug in your headset into your phone or you just use it like that on the table in front of you. Good news, it won't eat, eat up your Switch battery when you're on the go. Right. When yeah. you're logged into your, on Wi-Fi somewhere. Bad news, yes, you need to carry two devices and have this weird clunky setup. Mm-hmm. But... You can talk with everyone in the lobby, mm-hmm. and then, or you can talk with your friends in the lobby. Then, when the game starts, you talk with everybody on your team. Which, so right. it does that automatically for you. You don't have to worry about it. It's not like with Skype, where you know you have all your friends online, you're on opposite teams, you still hear everybody. Right. It, it yeah. makes that happen automatically. So that's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited for that. We'll see again. Obviously, using two devices, we'll see how that works out. And we don't know the quality of the voice chat. We don't know how right. it'll be dependent on your Wi-Fi signal, your cellular signal. Like, I want to test all of that out. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot of variables there. Yeah, I mean, it's all to circumvent the fact that their hardware at its base level is lacking this functionality. And I hope that this works. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope more that in a year or two there's a revision of their Pro Controller or Joy Cons or something else that have mic, you know, a microphone plug on them, just at its most basic. I've seen what people are doing to use Bluetooth headphones while playing in docked mode mm-hmm. and it's kind of ridiculous mm-hmm. like you're ha- you have to buy adapters and somebody has velcroed this little box at the back of their switch like <laughs> it's just it's like come on guys like I mean I've, I've you know we've been doing this since like we speak with Animal Crossing <laughs> oh, right? man. like yeah. a box speak. you had to put on your yeah. TV it's like you know, it's kind of been a running joke. This, this, like you said, this podcast is named it's after named. A, a, a lack of something. It was named for the Joker. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So um, I hope they get it right. I think the the um, the sort of direct in general, for the first time in my eyes, solidified the idea that Splatoon Two is definitively a sequel and not something that felt sort of like a map pack or some. You know, I, yeah, I feel sure. like there's yeah. there's a lot here that really made me say, okay, they're 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 making a brand new game. It's, yeah, it's close visually, right? But if you put the two side by side, you can't tell the difference. Sure. Yeah, there was a, an upgrade. Have you guys yeah. seen? There was a gallery going around that I believe originated on NeoGaf, where somebody put together a bunch of the yep. Wii U screens and sort of comparable areas in the Switch in version. The Switch, yeah. and it's like it's really really good looking and yeah. i don't think a lot of us realize that you know you look at screenshots on your phone or whatever sometimes uh, it's a really good looking game and then you know obviously salmon run with that kind of like the weird putrid paint colors that yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and then we've got two new idols right yes uh yeah. marina and pearl are you uh <laughs> who, who, who's, who's team pearl by the who way who ended the direct <laughs> no it's all about marina but uh <laughs> who ended the direct with just a very strange rap that was a very weird thing I, to go yeah, out on. i love that. i love the splatoon music it's all yeah like, i think Really great. It's actually going to end with a rap. Yeah. You have yep. to sit through a three-minute rap. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> that is not true. I really but like yeah. the um, just sort of uh, the the aesthetic of this game is gorgeous. It always has yeah. been. I think it's a great universe um, yeah. and sort of a great new world for them to build. But just the the the, the city areas, the plazas, the yep. the new it shops, the new the, gear, the fashion. Yeah. Like I the love the stuff that you, that you can you can customize your. Yeah. Well, and I love that they with. say like the two years have passed in this world. Yeah. Right. And so the joke is like so no, none of your fashion will be 2015 era. Fashion. Exactly. Right. And, exactly. And, and yeah. your favorite singers have been replaced with a new crew. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You can also an inkling yeah. duo You there. can speed up the babbling NPCs now yeah. Yeah. used to talk your ears off you can speed them up there's a that's tower right. records in town i was yeah. like that's weird <laughs> for a game that's like fashion forward and so definitively headed towards the future i mean i was in tokyo a couple weeks ago and i p- walked by a giant tower records yeah. and i think a lot of us everywhere else forget that that's that's still a thing somewhere but so the, yeah it's the, cool the other things are you know there's some smaller upgrades which we would uh, expect from a from a sequel where nintendo watch people play it and and kind of learn from it i mean one i'd say a pro player upgrade is like 
if you love Turf Wars but you don't love the other modes, mm-hmm. you actually now get a different ranking on of the different games, and so yeah. your matchmaking will differ. So no longer if you're amazing at one mode but you don't like to play another one, do you get matched up with the wrong players mm-hmm. or you're not experienced in one. So they fix that. Mm-hmm. So different uh, rankings. And then yes. – there's a feature where you can you can change the sensitivity of your aim depending right. on whether it's handheld or TV mode. Right. So when you're when you're holding it, and you know, Splatoon is a game that uses tilt control to really good effect, right? Mm-hmm. Motion mm-hmm. aiming. You can actually have different settings between the the two play styles, which That's I awesome. think is awesome. Yeah. Well, and another really thing that they mentioned idea. is that you can save those settings and your loadouts to an amiibo, yeah, and yeah. then take that wherever you know, take it on the road and pop it onto a friend switch or whatever you need to do. And I think that that's really cool too. Yep. Not just not just your weapons, but also like the nitty gritty customization that you've dialed in for yourself to play this yeah. game. Like you can take that yeah. with you as well. And what's great is two seems all about just blowing up that customization, allowing you to do yeah. more and more, whether it's the clothing or the gear or yeah. your weapons. Well, like it's that. nice, too, because I think Splatoon 2 is taking things from a couple of games that have really uh, paved the way in multiplayer online stuff in the last couple of years. Like, yeah. they're obviously borrowing a lot of gear stuff from Destiny. They're obviously yeah. taking a lot of that, like, uh, minutiae upgradable things and putting them into, like, sneakers and hats mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. T-shirts, which I, I love. Yep. And then also, you know, we see things like different modes, like the Horde mode yep. uh, that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, like, the the uh, payload modes, like, from Overwatch, right. which I think is super cool. Well, well yeah. one, I mean, one thing very similar to Overwatch is that um, Salmon Run, and this has rankled some fans mm-hmm. is not always available in ranked online right play. yeah it's like a splat fest so it's like an event you have to make time for it you have to join you battle you can play it of course yeah i was gonna like say but you can also play it offline yeah, yeah. yeah. just to kind of practice i guess yeah. which is cool but yeah. but i mean i i i really like i really like the excitement around splat fest and yeah. having something pop up that was unique and and different and Nintendo already announced that they are going to support this game with DLC for one year or so. Yeah, right. One year of content. Basically. One year yeah. of content and then, and then two years, years of Splatfest, Splatfest yeah. which is great. And so, the Splatfests yeah. were one of my favorite things of the first game going forward. Yeah. It was like every so often you're like, oh, I get to do this new thing. Like it, it revitalizes your love of a thing where I would sort of move on from Splatoon for a month. Where or they'd, so be like, they'd be like, they'd be like ramen noodles versus pretzels. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who wins? Or there was like Autobots and Decepticons yeah. at the time. That's was, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think this looks more feature complete at launch than the first one did, yes. um, which is nice because because that's a game that uh, kind of like ARMS, it's going to grow over time. But yeah. at, on day one, it was sort of, you know, um, a maybe if in terms of buying I think, it. I think that when ARMS launched, people were saying, like, this has the makings of the, the next great Nintendo franchise. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know that people said that about Splatoon, but I feel like Splatoon 2 is sort of that... We always call it the AC2 phenomenon, Assassin's Mm -hmm. Creed 2, where it takes a formula that, like, works well enough, but then improves upon it in a myriad of ways. I think Splatoon really hit uh, where people saw the potential for it going forward as Nintendo continued to support it. And I think that's shown sort of what they've been doing now with Switch and most of their games now, where they were supporting it and tweaking things and adding free content. And that was always – for the people who played that constantly, that was great. Well, and what's nice is we're seeing that, like – we're seeing them lean into that so heavily in first party because we're getting – Zelda DLC, multiple Zelda DLCs. We're getting new characters in arms all the time. We're going to get two years of support for Splatoon. So I think it's really awesome that they're doing that for their fans. Um, And one last thing, I know we got to move on, but uh, I will say I'm really excited for the single player mode in this game as well. Yeah, me too. I really like the single player in the first game. I thought it was like a little lacking. This one looks, you mentioned Mario Sunshine. It looks so much much like like Mario Sunshine. It actually feels kind of uh, Mario Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, that 
as well. Yeah. yeah. And the boss fights look super cool. Like, also, I'm really excited I'm for it. I'm super yeah. into a lot of the new weapons that are coming. Um, yeah. That giant ball that you can, it's like a Jackie Chan and Operation yeah. Condor. So let's talk yeah. about that for a second yeah. before we switch topics here. Like, the some of the uh, mains that they showed, you know, we saw the kind of like the, the flings out roller where you fling paint this way or this yeah. way. Yeah. But the new stuff, like the Goo Tuber, did you see that one? Yeah. yeah. That I'll, looks evil. What's yeah. up, everybody? It's me, Goo Tuber. <laughs> hey. uh, my favorite Nickelodeon character. Uh-huh. Like a chargeable uh, sniper? Yeah. Yeah. That it, you. You just pop you out. Charge and then, yeah, yep. that uh, we were talking before the show about that may be a little overpowered, we would think, but we'll see, obviously, in play. Uh, because you can hold the charge for a long time. Yes, so you can yeah. charge, then you can squid. You can squid, you can squid yeah. while holding yeah. a charge. Oh, yeah. God, the original ad campaign for the game now. Are you squid or a kid? That's right. And <laughs> yeah. the splat brilla. So that oh, one sounds like a game changer where you yeah. actually have a shield that you can pop open mm-hmm. like an umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it reminds me, me of Kingsman when he had yeah, the, the yeah. powerful umbrella. Yeah. To me, I feel like I'm gonna get. I'm going to main dualies. Me too. Because of the yeah. dodge roll and then the yeah. the, the, spr- the dualies. Yeah, I, lo- I love yeah. the way they look. They're just really quick. Um, yeah. it, they're dynamic. It's it's they look really fun. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna stick with this the, umbrella the, for sure. The stuff though, I'm most excited about are were some of the specials that they showed. So yeah. one I got real perfect dark flashbacks was the, the stingray. Yeah, yeah. the far side. Shoot through walls. Through walls. Yeah. I know that like yeah. so so many games have done that since, but that was the my immediate notion there was like oh my god it's the far side from perfect Dark. it has yeah. the potential to be super op and we will curse the day this weapon was invented because you're like oh i'm just inking the floor yeah right? like you're behind a wall so hopefully the levels play to that strength to make sure that you, you know people can't always see you yeah because that could get really annoying yeah and they definitely do a lot of open sort of level design so for sure yep mm-hmm. and then i thought really cool was the baller yeah yeah you know uh, right. Which is basically a hamster ball. Yeah, and yeah. you just roll in with a bunch of paint, and it just yeah. explodes into a huge uh, uh, area of impact. Right? Yeah, and it goes up yeah. walls and stuff like yeah. that. It's really yeah. cool. And if you haven't played a lot of Splatoon, obviously the the opposing team's ink is toxic, right? There are ways to protect yourself. This this special that you can trigger whenever your meter is full. Actually, you can roll over the enemy's ink and then make a big splat kind of arena with your color somewhere right. to have a little outpost and then then clean up from there so mm-hmm. yeah. that can make for some really cool strategy yeah mm-hmm. um guys good talking uh we're going to take a little bit of a break here and we're going to say goodbye to jonathan farewell Dorn ah, Bush. Where can people where can people find you when you're not on the show uh you can find me at jm Dornbush on twitter what camera that camera uh <laughs> and yeah that's basically where i am just talking about uh kingdom hearts and gilmore girls a lot and Sorry. crash and crash bandicoot and maybe. then you're yeah. watching castlevania on netflix plus so you'll yes. have a review of that for us uh i'm not sure what we're doing review plan wise but i think we're definitely going to be discussing it in a few places okay awesome yeah. so follow jonathan for that information yeah. and we will be right back to talk about all the new games that came out and the legend of zelda Master Trials. Listen. Welcome back to NVC. We did a little transmogrification thing here. We replaced Jonathan with Casey DeFritas. Hello. Uh, this Casey. is your NVC debut. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's Who the hell are you? Podcast. My name is Casey. <laughs> what? Who the hell are you? <laughs> Bart Simpson. Uh, uh, I am a wiki editor. I just joined in the office in May. So pretty pretty new at IGN. That's why you haven't seen her on the show. You play a lot of Nintendo games? Yes. I've always played Nintendo, and I feel like the reason I'm such a big fan is because Pokemon made me get a 64, which made me get Zelda, 
and now I'm here, and I'm just really <laughs> love Zelda and Pokemon. Awesome, and the Pokemon, reason we the have gateway you on, drug. Yeah, the much. reason we have you on not only you're, you're playing uh, through Zelda Master <laughs> Trials, all that, but you also play a lot of indie games, and yeah. I, I think that's the the news for kind of what, what came out on Switch um, this week was very very indie focused. So yeah. we're gonna just jump into some quick impressions of games. Hopefully that's helpful to everybody out there looking for something new to play. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna spend a ton of time on them, but you know. First game that popped out, Sheppy. Yeah. What is, that? Well, is that how you say it? Is it Sheppy or Sheffy? We I think, think it has Sheppy. a P. Okay. Sheppy. Like, Sheppy. Like okay. a shepherd. And that actually stands for something. In so Sheppy was originally a 2013 card game that came out in Japan. Okay. And it became so popular that they made an app for it, and now we have a Switch game for it. Hmm. And Weird. in this in the game, there is a story mode called Post Loves. Post Loves. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why it's called Sounds that, but Japanese. it's the story sure. mode, and yeah. it's ridiculous. And in it, they make Sheppy stand for Seed Hashing Event Plane Herd Yielder. A what? Oh, it, yeah. I don't. It makes no sense. But basically, it's a, <laughs> giant, it makes it's a giant hole in the ground, yeah. and the shepherd pushes all of his sheep into the hole to save them from the hungry townspeople. Wow. And the story is about the sheep going from dimension to dimension trying to find a safe place to live. Ah, so based on an actual a real story then. Yeah, That's it's great. based it's, on true it's life. It's actually events. really adorable but really dark and kind of so, like existentialist. So the shepherd pushes the sheep into a dimensional hole yeah, to save Yeah, it's called a, a dimensional fork. Okay, Just but, to warn then, you and then it's a card game. Yes. Just to it warn you. It is a card game. It's okay, that's, card that game. was my question. I was like, what is the game? <laughs> Brian gets into these deep discussions over like, reality and video games. Yeah. So just to warn you, that can happen. Yeah. Especially when there's animals. Yeah, he involved. may yes, try to definitely. poke a hole into an interdimensional sheep in a second. but It's ridiculous. It's really cute, though. Um, but the whole aim of the game is it's a card game. It's basically a single-player, solitaire-type card game. Okay. Where you have a deck and you have a, you pull draw five cards and then you have sheep cards on the other side and you're trying to multiply your sheep to get a thousand sheep after going through the deck only three times. Oh! But you have events that can multiply sheep that can add them all up and give you one single card. Like so, say so you have um, uh, three single sheep, you can use a card to make that into one three sheep card. And then you have more spaces on your. Who doesn't want a three map. sheep card? That's yeah. true. Yeah. But then you also have uh, cards like Meteor, which kills six or seven of your sheep. Why on would you want to do that? Field. You have to use the cards in the deck. Oh, you have so, to kill your so sheep. You have to use all of the cards in the deck to <laughs> go to shuffle them in and then so play again. So it's like a Sephiroth simulator? Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Meteor, <laughs> kill the sheep. And, and Casey, but, it's, it's yeah. five bucks? Yeah, it's only $5. So when we looked at it, just the description, I'm like, I'm not touching it. And then you're yeah. like, it's actually really cool. You're, yeah. you're liking it. Yeah, I like okay. it. I mean, the reason I, it's, I think it's really fun. It's one of those games that if after you play for a couple of times, you'll kind of know what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And I can see that getting kind of bored, boring if you had the same deck over and over again. Mm. You'll just figure out the best way to do it. But with the story mode, they add kind of curveballs at you to change the game and make it more interesting. Like gotcha. you can build, you have like deck builders, you have like different rounds where they introduce new cards, and it's uh, and then you also have the story, and you can't see the epilogue until you beat all the different story modes. So you're gonna keep playing it. I, I kind of want to yeah, see how it ends. Happens. I want to know what happens to the sheep. Well, the, did they get they out of that hole? I hope they get out of the hole. So the strange thing is that that is not the weirdest game on the eShop this week. <laughs> yeah, it's I one would of them. say Bulb Boy qualifies too. Yep. What's that all about? That's Brian? another one. So Bulb Boy is a uh, sort of a traditional adventure game made by four people in Poland. It's got this 
really gorgeous sort of like horror-infused Ren and Stimpy art style like, that I did. Almost like Tim Burton-esque. But yeah. Yeah. I kind of like gross out. Yeah. 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 So I like it a lot. Uh, you guys are playing it too, right? Yes. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's about a kid. He's got a light bulb head. a light bulb for a head. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's sitting in the living room and his grandfather's there babysitting, I think, his little brother or something. Yep. And then things start going horribly awry and uh, the boy has to sort of escape rooms in the house they're now kind of infected with monsters all of the puzzles are very sort of like low logic they kind of explain the uh you know you need three of this item or you need two of this thing or five of this thing and you kind of search search around putting items together a uh, very old school sort of point and click like classic yeah, uh, yeah. point and click adventure style yeah but you can like throw your head around yeah and use it to like light up different things yep. different yeah. areas and stuff like it's pretty clever yeah it's really cool it's uh i think it's like eight bucks or nine bucks yeah. or something like that yeah. um, may i may i just read you some of the features here yeah. for, for Boy. Yes, this so is Bulb Boy on yep. Steam has just some really great key features listed that I'd like to share with everyone. Um, feature number one, defeat the monsters. Explore the bulb house that is full of frightening creatures. Defeat the evil in all its forms and bring back the light. Uh, okay, feature number two. Got it. Bulb's talents. Being a boy that is a bulb comes with many talents. <laughs> not only do you not only that does your head that, not only does your head light up and allows you to survive electrical shocks, but can also be unscrewed and used in strange places. You can oh. take off your head. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You just throw it up in the chandelier and light up the room. Feature what number feature number three. Playable flashback. <laughs> playable flashbacks. Play as other family characters. Relive Bulb Boy's childhood memories to uncover the mystery of the story. Now it starts getting a little weird. Feature number four. Bubble speech. No dialogue. Just bubble speech. That's, yeah. Watch yeah. the story unfold in animated clouds. Okay. Feature number five, secrets. There are things in the house waiting to be revealed. And feature number six, poop. In many sizes and proportions. <laughs> what? Yeah. I actually haven't, thank, found, thank I you, haven't found the poop yet. There are a lot of, like, dirty, like, dirty things and dead bugs and yeah. Bugs yeah, with red eyes. Yeah, it's like a lot of gross out stuff. Yeah. yeah, like, Ren and Stimpy was, like, kind of an apt comparison. Yeah. yeah. Very, very cute. I mean, it's it's nine bucks. If yeah. you're looking for something a little more, like, it's slow-paced, right? Like, yeah. it takes a while for animations to play out. You have to be patient. Uh, I feel like it's a little linear. Like, I, I was hoping you would explore a little bit more before you are required to, like, open a door or mm-hmm. solve something. But it, it feels very linear. Like Yeah, I think yeah. it's about as obtuse as, say, something like Maniac Mansion. But yep. it's also um, a little bit more straightforward. It's yeah. not just, like, microwave the hamster. I never would have thought to do that. It's kind of yeah. like there's an arm at the door and he really wants three dead bugs. And you're like, I can find those yeah. in this room. Yeah. That's fine. So, yeah, check that yep. one out. Then Implosion came out also yeah. July yeah. 6th. So. Well, 12 bucks. Yeah, 12 bucks. Um, Implosion is really cool. Yeah, it's like actually a really cool game to see on Switch. I think when we first heard about uh, Dina or DNA working mm-hmm. on, on Switch architecture uh, and online stuff with Nintendo, we started sort of theorizing about mobile ports and how that would look. And I know that like if you bought a mobile phone a couple years ago and you started looking at the, the, the platforms and the games you could play on there, you're probably like, this stuff's pretty crappy and it's not great. But like the mobile scene has actually gotten really good. Um, and a game like Implosion, which was free to start on iOS and Android and then kind of kicked you into a, a one-time purchase free, is now on Switch and it's kind of a top-down, almost Bayonetta-esque like kind of PS2 it's a, yeah, era it's like action a, game. A, like a weird PS2 hack and slash hmm. meets... Like, there's a lot of platinum influence, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, you're 
playing as like an armored dude and you're fighting a bunch of monsters and robots and you're like running around like slashing barrels and whatnot. Yeah, you're like a cyborg ninja and all the levels are pretty small and quick, very arcadey. Um, it plays really well with like uh, HD rumble and buttons, which I couldn't play on on iOS because it was all swipes and, and stabs and stuff like that. So uh, it's eleven ninety nine. It's a one-time thing. You can customize your character like crazy. You're sort of like nudged to go back and replay levels mm-hmm. and collect badges within mm-hmm. certain parameters like blow up every barrel or find the secret room or don't get knocked down so it has um, a lot of replayability definitely yeah. definitely mm-hmm. so i really like it uh it's it's definitely different than anything else i've seen on the switch eShop in terms of indies it's one of the sort of meteor games out there that isn't like a big triple a third party or first party game um yeah watch some videos of it uh, if you have a phone you can probably download it and see it in action there but playing it with like sticks and buttons is really cool so resident evil is not coming to the platform yet <laughs> not anytime hopefully, soon hopefully we will see a resident evil game on switch because that'd be cool um but vaccine is there vaccine, vaccine. yeah it's weird <laughs> i i don't understand watch videos of this game yeah. i don't understand how capcom is not suing these guys because <laughs> this game ju- it looks exactly like playstation one resident evil and it's, it's like, like it's it looks exactly yeah. like it really ties same, the room together it's got though. the same tank controls yep. it's got similar textures like the animations are the exact same even the it's characters crazy. have like those old school like resident evil like weird red eyes with the gas mask thing mm-hmm. that's going on that they yeah. did in like the umbrella chronicles and all that uh it's 10 bucks and the premise of this game is it's completely bare bones it's very old school ps1 polygons um weird sort of artsy camera angles yeah. fixed perspectives it's like tank, almost a- tank controls and it's almost a roguelike kind of yeah you, so it, it starts off every game starts the exact same way there's only two things in the menu it's like start and and options or it's new game and options and it basically starts with like despite your best efforts your friend got infected again uh, you have dang. 30 minutes to find the vaccine <laughs> i tried like, so hard you're like all right <laughs> so you're just like in this weird green room with this like sick woman in the bed next to you and you have to open up a door and you run outside and uh the levels change different they're yeah. differently every single each time. Each time you each time you play a new game, yeah. the layout of the mansion oh, it's, it's a little bit more true. it's a little bit more roguelike. Yeah. Yeah. Resident Evil was very set. Yes. Very yes. Set. This is like okay. procedurally generated. So you're like, oh. this is a new hallway, I run down it, and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, this one has rats in it now. And okay. then you would walk to the next one and the dog burst through the window and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. um yeah, zombies, standard issue stuff for Resident Evil fans. It's not great if you've never played <laughs> one of these games before. Uh if you grew up on it's Resident not. Evil One, um I think it's worth checking out because uh if you're really missing those tank controls, it's I mean there. the nostalgia factors through the roof. Yeah. Like just totally. looking at it before I actually got my hands on it, mm. looking at it, like the videos I wanted to play just because it looks so much like Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. It's really, yeah. really hard too, so keep that in mind. We'll, we'll play it before Capcom find Capcom finds it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh just I want to get to Zelda. Just quick smaller news. There are a bunch of games that also came out on, on the 3DS. You know, Kirby's Blow, Blowout Blast is mm-hmm. just a it's a spin-off that was a, a game that was included in uh, in Robo Robobot. Yeah, they're doing this thing now, and they've been doing it for a while with Kirby games. Is yep. they pack them with sort of mini games and micro games, and then yeah. they spin them out as their own separate uh, SKUs, kind of on the eShop. Um, with this one specifically, they added some new stuff to it. They made it a little more robust, yep. but um, yeah, or so robust. kind of like an arcadey take on Kirby, like but, you're. You're out for points, right? Yeah, but yeah it's yeah. it's no longer it's not focused so much on the powers. It's like you have yeah. this this star projectile you shoot when you eat enemies and it can become bigger. It's it's not like a full fledged kind of two D side scroller. It has that kind of pseudo three D. Yeah, it's like a top down isometric. Yeah, like you can move like uh, you know vertically and, mm-hmm. and, and sideways and everything. It, it may be worth a look if you don't have Robobot. If you have Robobot, do not buy this. You <laughs> already have it basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a whole bunch of stuff like Crawler's Game Pack. It has like mini games in them. Stack them high. 
which is kind of like a balance game where you stack like toy cars and yeah. things on top of each other, uh, table tennis, but nothing really major on the 3DS right now. Um, you're still you're playing Pokemon. You yeah. were inspired by the the tournament going on. Yeah. So um, over the weekend there was a North American International Championships, and that was a huge tournament that everyone from around the world was invited to come and participate in this tournament. And it's it was the last event where you could earn championship points to be able to compete at worlds in august in oh Anna- cool anaheim okay. uh-huh. um and so i just like sunday like i just watched the finals of the championships and i've been breeding pokemon and i really want to have a full team that's viable and meets all the rules and regulations before i go to worlds just mm-hmm. in case someone challenges me i'm just like i don't have a team so sure. now i'm gonna have a team so i've been playing and breeding pokemon and it took me three hours to breed an alolan vulpix on my flight so it's gonna take a while yeah so you <laughs> is it basically you thought you were done with the game and you're going back because of the the tournaments going on or i or did you have you never stopped playing I, I never really stop playing. So, yeah. I always feel like something awesome. tells me yeah. that Casey DeFridis is always playing Pokemon. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right. that's great. Yeah, fair enough. So now you know the the biggest thing that happened right after we uh, we recorded uh, the last episode of NPC. Yeah, the new Arms course, DLC character. Not that was uh, Zelda Master Trials came right. out, right? So, and I think all of us had time to play it. We recorded an episode of Bit Fight, which you yes. know you guys usually do the split Joy-Con Zelda battle. We haven't seen you guys do any of the hard mode yet. Which oh God. we will not be doing that, uh-huh. by the way. Yeah. Why not? Come on, we'll don't you guys like a challenge? So I can. I think it's <laughs> safe to say. I think it's safe to say between our my playthrough linked together, uh, playing Master Mode now, and doing the Master Trials, I've had. More than enough Zelda. I yep. love this game, but I, I don't I definitely don't need to do another round of Link Together on we're, Zelda. Weren't yeah. you just playing it before we started? Well, oh, I'm super addicted <laughs> to the Master Trials for sure. And that but. was the thing, like Thursday morning of last week, I was like, Man, I played through this entire game. I played 120 hours of it. I played probably another forty with you mm-hmm. um at least. And oh, I was like, I'm done. And then Master Mode came out. And I was like, I'll I'll see what it's like. And I played through the first few minutes in the Great Plain and I was immediately hooked. Great plateau. So oh, great plateau. So I, I saw you post an image of you with a master sword and in it, master mode. It was like it was yeah. like nine minutes after the mode came out or Bring something. It. Like, what? hold on a second. Like, I, I thought you photoshopped it and you cheated, but you actually did. You play like all evening. All so like? no, I. So here's the thing. Like, wh- what I really love about this game, and it's something speedrunners have been pulling apart for a long time now, is that you can play it completely differently every single time. You can start a file and avoid all of the story stuff, all of the divine beasts, and just go for shrines and hearts and weapons and basically take on trials and fight bad guys and stuff like that uh, all the new dlc is like all these cool new missions to find armor and helmets and costumes and we'll talk about that in a minute but this specifically my master mode version was get off the great plateau uh thank you get you know get all of your cool new stuff at the beginning mm-hmm. and then just go for shrines and get the master sword yep. so i found myself playing completely differently than i ever did before because now i knew where everything was so i was like i'm gonna go for all the towers I'm going to get all the shrines around the towers and just by sort of exploring with these like kind of low level weapons that you build up, collecting some money here and there, avoiding a lot of combat because everyone whoops your ass now. Yeah. Uh, I found myself really liking the game and playing it differently than I'd ever played before because now I'm playing like a survival horror stealth action game. Yeah, did you use the Majora's Mask to just sneak by everything? No, so that's a really good point. Um, the Majora's Mask is something you can get very early on and it works exactly like a lot of the monster masks you get from that Jared Petty looking dude later uh, in the game. Me. I, I feel bad. I feel like the Majora's Mask just completely makes all of his inventory completely obsolete. It's useless, yeah. right? Yeah, it's like it, 
I don't I don't need to pay you for this stuff anymore. Right. I've got Majora's mask. He's <laughs> like he's like I need your weird monster guts that you'd have yeah. to pay so, five thousand of. And now you just get that early on. And if you put it on every enemy you yeah, walk by, is just like say. hey, that's my cousin over there. Yeah. They don't mess with for you. the uninitiated. Majora's mask basically lets you walk amongst the enemy undetected. Yeah. So, so the, playing you can it on stand hard, right in front of yeah. it. Yeah. So playing that on hard mode uh, is basically breaks hard mode. So I, if you want to play really? hard mode, don't do that. I mean, <laughs> so I, I was going to ask that because the I, I I like the DLC a lot. Obviously, it's just one half of this whole DLC pack. Um, but I thought the mask and armor quests were really kind of pedestrian. It was just like, yeah. go to the lake next to the blonde. You go there and you're like, Magnesis, 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 there's yeah. a chest, right? Like yeah. I was hoping for a little bit more. But then I was like, oh, maybe this is for master mode where it gives you a little bit of an advantage playing that mode. Earlier they, on. They're yeah. also mm-hmm. underpowered compared to what I have after 140 right. hours. In right. The game, well, because you know? almost everything in the new DLC uh, in terms of treasure chest wise, and they all have like a little EX yeah. on the chest, are all sort of in the area right outside the Great Plateau in front of Hyrule Castle. So that big field, Hyrule Field area, they're all right there yeah. for the most part. So you can get everything you need early on in master mode yeah. if you want to jump down there, get the Majora's Mask, the Travel Medallion, the well, Tingle. Well, the Korok armor. Mask is perfect, yeah, That's right? a big one. That's a good and I, like, the cool thing about that is um, I see a lot of people going for Korok Seeds now because there is that impetus to do that. But I think with master mode, the reason I'm really liking it, and you know, there's so much in this DLC that I love, but I think what I really like about it is it's A, forcing me to play the game differently and B adding a significant challenge to almost every scenario the great plateau now has a lionel by the first cathedral which yeah. is fascinating um there it's are a silver lionel he's right? a silver lionel yeah and you have a twig so that ain't happening <laughs> nope. yeah. so you're just like run and he's just like huh and he sees you um there are these hot air balloons everywhere now that are really cool because there's like two or three floating platforms Outside of bridges, outside of towers, outside of areas that were usually pretty pedestrian are now surrounded by guys who are just like up there with ice arrows and bomb arrows. So you'll jump off a tower, you'll land on one, you'll have a little combat scenario, which you have to be careful with because if you pop the balloons, everything falls down, including you. But if you can kill the, the first Bobo Klein or whatever, you can jump to the next one, get a treasure chest, and then swoop down. And you're like, I'm on master mode and I just got 200 rupees, which is like 200 bucks. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like a whole, it's a whole new step. My- That's so cool, yeah. Yeah, my experience with Master Mode was completely different because uh, I booted up the game after the DLC came out. I immediately made a run for the Tingle Armor because I've been waiting for that Tingle Armor forever. <laughs> Love that. It's so good. Then I gave uh, Master Mode a shot. I saw that Lionel on the Great Plateau, and I said, no, thank you. And I just went straight <laughs> to the Master Trials in my old game. Yeah, um, that's awesome. And to your point, uh, you know, you're saying that, that Master Mode forces you to play the game in a different way. I think that Master Trials does that yes. in in probably an even more different way from what you're talking about mm-hmm. in master mode because like I've been playing through master trials it's hard yeah I am bad at video games and it's not it's it's fun but it's very very hard and I'm stuck in the middle of the middle trials um, you know I, I'm trying to work my way through it but it's really really fun to me because it it Obviously, if you've watched any of link together Brian and I have a very uh, uh, sword first ask questions later approach. Yeah. Which Very drunken just master. Sword, uh, which just does not work. Sword, I should have warned you about that. Yeah, uh, which just does not work no. in Master Trials. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're running in as a combat situation and you're thinking that you're just going to fight these hordes of enemies, like you're just going to get whooped. Yep. Um, and so it's been really fun because uh, in both my playthrough and then the playthrough that I did with Brian, I think we we use bombs a lot, but the other powers we didn't – I personally i didn't really mess with outside of like yeah. using them to solve puzzles but when i get into the master trials i notice that i'm doing things like i'll magnesis a metal crate and then 
use it as a as a, basically a wrecking ball to just like take out low level enemies. That's how yep. I took out the stone talus. You can pick yeah. up the pick up a metal box and just hit the thing on top of it. Yeah. Oh really? And avoid yeah. it, and you can kill it entirely. Like see, that. just hit the like, thing. Yeah, just hit the over. thing on top of yeah. it. Well, and it stuns him over and over again, and he'll just see. Die. And like, that's such an amazing thing. Like, <laughs> I that's awesome. That's something that you didn't discover in the main game. Yeah. And like another thing that yeah. that, that in that stone talus battle, like I would climb up to a tree, and then. Uh, just use an arrow to shoot the rock mm-hmm. and the the crystal sticking out of his back, and I didn't realize that that's a critical hit and it stuns it. Yeah, right. I didn't so I never did that in the too. main game, and so it was like as soon as I learned that I could do that because I died at that stone talus like two or three times before I figured out oh I can just stun that him this way. That was the first place I died, and it's because I blew myself up with those explosion crates. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> to explosions. So to like, yeah, it's like so, instant death. So to preface real quick, to do the master trials, you need the master sword, which you need thirteen hearts master for. Master sword. Yep. Uh, and you head back to the lost woods. It gives you a prompt for like a new thing you put your sword into sword. the ground which i found out you can't do if your master sword is still charging yeah that is so stupid so it's like why it's not real it's so fa- it's so, fake so you're describing <laughs> so moving on from master mode that's the trial of the sword yeah describing. that's what we're yeah. so yeah nvc crew i would i would love all of your feedback on what i think are the two fan favorite features that's you know the uh, trial of the sword and then the hero's path mm-hmm. yeah and like as you said there are limitations to getting into trial of the sword yeah your master sword has to be full yeah, right. It has, yeah. To, be it has to be full, which is very odd because you don't use it. You just put it in a stone. Yeah. And also, it like it's fake. It's not like there's a Korok being like, "Hey, dude, like you can't like he's a cop." It's like, what are you doing? This like let me play this thing. So I don't, I, I went to boot it up and I had to wait like seven or eight minutes. I hate that we keep saying boot it up like it's this 1980. No, it's, <laughs> yeah. Makes modem noises and everything. Um, but what were your impressions? So you you walk into the the trial of the sword. You know, it, it strips you down to your link underpants. Well, I'll give you my impressions of trying this on master mode first of well, all, do it. which I, is. Nope. I got to the first Bobo Klein. He whooped my ass. I had a stick and I died. And I was like, that's impossible. So wait. So the wait, enemy wait, wait, is wait. recharging. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, God. So in master mode, <laughs> yeah. trial of the sword is even harder. Yeah. Yes, because the enemies <sighs> regain health over time. No, so uh, you can't even doing that. You can't even like play Bomberman and like yeah. throw bombs at them and hang back. I definitely did like, that a lot. So when you're playing the regular game, which we'll focus on now, um, the really cool thing about it, we've seen these sort of like combat trials in Zelda games before. Twilight Princess had one. Wind yeah, Waker had Wind one. Waker had one. They're very sort of like wave-based, enemy-based. Um, this is a lot more methodical. And it's I think what's puzzly. really... Yeah. It's very puzzly. Mm-hmm. So you drop from kind of room to room in this, in this simulation and your immediate thing you want to do, if you want some tips, um, put on your uh, sort of radar for treasure chests. So that starts beeping instead of shrines because there's hidden treasure chests. A couple, yeah. Another another tip: before you go in, you can eat stuff. And yes. Transfer yeah. yeah. So if you eat um, five big hearty radishes, you get plus twenty five hearts. Yeah. That you get to go in with. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's actually a really good tip. Yeah, and like any of the buffs, if you save right before the challenge, you, yep. you, mm-hmm. you'll go in with more defense. Yeah. So mm-hmm. And so each yeah. level has sort of like, here's three enemies and a tree house, and two trees, and there's a fire pit with some meat on it. And then the next mm-hmm. one's like, okay, here's five enemies and a big cave and this and this and this. And then it starts getting to be like, here's three electric Lizalfos and a river with a, you know... A, it's very a survivor, plank. right? Yeah. Like yeah. They have these kind of set challenges. And it's you. a lot of sort of like hunt and gather. It's kind of like the way you play horizon right where yeah. like you you hunt and gather a lot of stuff you kind of hang hang back you plan your attack and then um you do as much as you can from a distance before you start engaging them like head on uh you take out as much as you can your weapons break you don't get new costumes uh and then you get about 14 or 15 levels in and halfway through that you're greeted with this like cool little garden of eden where you can come in and cook open up treasure, treasure chests, chests kind of yeah. lay low it's one of my favorite areas yeah, yeah. in zelda because it's like ah i think a cup of 
got a fish. I'm going to yeah. grab a fish. Yeah. I'm going to run to the fish. And no, the fairy flew away. The fairy yeah. flew away. Yeah. Yeah. Watch so, out, man. There's a, there's a fairy, and if you run, you got to crouch. You, you, you really want that Crouch fairy. that fairy. Yeah. And so you get about 14 or 15 levels in, uh, and you're greeted with this stairway to heaven, which you can run up and put your sword in the stone and, and increase you get 10 the, additional yeah. damage points on. Yeah. On and then your you're kicked sword. into the second sort of area, which takes away everything you earned. And reboots Yeah, that you. was such a cruel joke. Like, oh, I was under the distinct impression that these were 45 back-to-back levels that you... You're continually like hoarding your stuff. You're you're hoarding your food. Occasionally, you get some uh, a, a break to cook and stuff like that. And then you just go to the next trial. Ooh. So when I when I put the master sword in the pedestal for the first time and I got that plus ten bonus, I was like, that's great. But then it kicks you out to the Korok forest, and I had this like sinking feeling. I was like. I'm going to go into this next round of trials, and they're going to take everything. Yeah. And the master sword, exactly you want to try do. it out, yeah. but you can't. Yeah. Casey, that's how's, exactly how's what your experience do. been with this? Um, I I like the first. So honestly, the first thing I did when I booted up the game, like I'm saying the same thing. Uh, Thanks, uh, guys. Yeah. This is your fault. Cool. Um, <laughs> We're bringing it back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I um I just went in no preparation. I was like, let's see what this is all about, and like didn't eat anything. Like, I actually was missing a couple hearts. Oh, I man. assumed I would just, like... Get them get, back. Yeah, yeah, you don't. If you yeah. go in with no health, you will I've still have no health. i mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> You get some acorns yeah. and, like, a ham every now and yeah. then. That's <laughs> about it. Yeah, and I... I the first time I did it, I got the apples and I baked the apples because they heal you more, yep. not knowing that there's a cooking pot halfway through. Yep. Oh, so right. I like Same. wasted all of my food trying to cook stuff. I like found some eggs in a tree and I was like, oh, there's a fire on the floor. Let me bake these eggs. Yep. Maybe this works this way. And I broke the eggs. <laughs> and it was just <laughs> a huge mess. But then like the, the third time I went through, I was like, okay, I know what I'm doing. And then I like died on the Phoenix very I had like it had a tiny sliver of health and it, and it stepped on me. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this right. And I went and got the five hardy radishes, big hardy radishes, and came in with plus twenty five. And I, I like, watched. I watched that happen to Brendan but, Graber here. We did a live stream on IGN last week, and he got to like the fourteenth stage. The Hinox came on, or Henix, or whatever he is. Hinox. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. Root or route doesn't Somebody matter. Nobody knows. That. And <laughs> the he did a giant just ass butt stomp on Brendan Graber took 15 hearts in one yep. one yeah. butt yep. cheek yeah. and that was it and we just died and yeah. we're like that's it and it's like dun 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 yeah. I think threw, a lot of people get yeah. to their final yeah. level it threw the, the tree at me what and yeah, yeah it threw a yeah. palm tree at me and just all of my health gone and the fairy came back up and I was like I think you, know, you got to maybe you got to bomb all those palm trees first. So, yeah, you can so, cut them down before you approach the Henox, and then he can't use them in the same way. In the same way that we gave cool hacks for the stone talus, like remember arrows, remember uh, metal crate. Um, Mitchell Saltzman, who is our Let's Play producer, yep. tipped Brian and I off uh, the Hinox fight. You can use if you have upgraded your stasis. Yeah. You can stasis the Hinox and then shoot him in the eye, and that'll stun him automatically. Yeah. And it's it works. I don't know why. Like, I, totally forgot. I totally forgot I totally that forgot too. Stasis. Well, because it's amazing. Right. Like, I don't think yeah. he even touched me once. That You're like naked and afraid yeah. out there. The other cool yeah. tip is that <laughs> a lot of them are wearing those weird gaudy ankle bracelets, yeah. and mm-hmm. if it's wood, gaudy. you can light it on fire. I was yeah. trying to do that, and it would not light on fire. So the, oh, really? I think, I think yeah, it might have been a metal one. So you have to electrocute those. In the master trials, has metal gauntlets. Yeah, you got to. Execute this. But you know? I, I kept. I, I ran into the same thing where I forgot my special powers. You know, like I, I remember the bombs. I use bombs a lot. Yeah. yeah. But then uh, I'm like, that. oh yeah. yeah. Th- there's one level where your raft just keeps getting blown forward. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna stop it with ice, right? Yeah. You put ice blocks in the way and like stop yourself so you can yeah. snipe people off. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So, but like, I, I love how this this mode just encourages experimentation and then makes something that has become a routine encounter. Like, there's a Lizalfos. 
It's a routine encounter in the main game, and then you're like, oh, man, there are mm-hmm. three of them. I don't want to startle them all. Let me see if I can yeah. separate them. Like, you have to be much more methodical. Um, I love how that works. we we got to wrap up in a True. second, but I do want to touch on Hero's Path, too. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. when I heard about the feature uh, originally, I thought, that's a cool thing. Let's you see where you've gone on the map. I didn't know it was going to let you relive your entire adventure. Yeah, yeah. it shows every death. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It tracks 200 <laughs> hours. Like, ah! It's been tracking you since day one. You just haven't noticed. Um, people are a little upset that the only way to sort of click this on is to pay 20 bucks to see it. But I thought it was really cool because it made me look at a game that I thought I had seen front to back and made me realize I haven't even walked on a quarter of this map. You know, And well, I'd gone everywhere. Especially I, considering like I finished the game with having done all 120 shrines. So in my mind, like too. when I'm thinking about the hero's path, I'm like, okay, when I see my map, it's just going to be green yeah you know like i i feel like i've been everywhere but when i watched it it was like oh no i missed giant chunks in each area that i just didn't go to because there wasn't a shrine around i right. see i missed the coliseum there's a coliseum near hyrule field that yeah. you know plays in one of the new dlc quests and i'm like i'm looking at my map i'm like this is giant hole i've never yeah. gone there go in it's all the elemental weapons you you ever need i was like, talking how did i miss this in 140 hours yeah. i was talking to jobert who is one of our news editors here and he said that he looked at the hero's path and realized it was an entire section he didn't go to and he walked over there and there was just like a horse stable that he'd never seen and there's only like a handful of those in the game mm. and he's like it's my first time seeing Damon Hatfield had the same thing happen with he was like I've never been in this area walked over the shrine meter started beeping and he's like oh new shrine like it's really cool so go check that out I think the the TLDR of uh, this entire DLC pack is that it takes a game that you have have already invested 150 hours into most of us and makes it completely fresh and makes you want to play it again and like when was the last time that I or anybody played a Zelda game finished it and then was like I'm just going to jump right back into it. Like yeah. most times I finish a 60 hour Zelda game and then I don't play it again for a year or so, you know, mm-hmm. like I'll come back to it later down the road. But this game, I just feel like I'm going to keep picking it up yep. all year. And it's, so, and it's all worth yep. it for getting that tingle costume, going into a <laughs> town yeah. and talking to your first NPC and watching them freak <laughs> the hell out. Exactly. Cause that is it's not, great. it's a very unsettling look on link. All right, guys, we, you know, we've got the next crew knocking on our door to record uh, another one of our shows. If you True. enjoy NVC, that's, of course, not our only show at IGN. We've got Beyond. You guys have a new episode of Link Together that just posted. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, great. Unlocked, Game Scoop. Please seek out some of these shows. Check them out. Very easy to find on IGN. Just hover over the show link or, you know, hit us up on YouTube. You can find uh, any of our shows on their separate channels. You can just search or go to the main IGN channel. But I wanted mm-hmm. to thank you all for, for joining me this week. Casey, for the first time, thank you so much. Where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you guys can find me at ShinyKCD on Twitter. Yeah. ShinyKCD. There's yeah, like, the Pokemon shiny thing Pokemon. again, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about you guys? I'm at Agent Bizzle. And I'm at Zachariah SD. Also and, Pokemons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a Pokemon, but I'm at Pair IGN, and I hope to see you again next week. Love us on iTunes. Give us a good review. It really helps us out. Yeah. Like us everywhere else. We really appreciate it, and see you next week. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.